Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, Basil Fomine and Edward Llewellyn both have first-time birthday salutes. We'll have not one, but two vocabulary words. And in the final segment, the show's gonna go to the dogs. But first, a couple of quick notes from last week's show. In Thomas Thurban's birthday segment, I said he was born on January 3rd, but forgot to mention the year. It was 1874. And in announcing the members of Frankie Newton's quintet, I inadvertently omitted bass player Johnny Williams. Sorry about that, Johnny. Let's see if I can make this week's a correction-free show. Last week, January 10th, marked the birth in 1902 in Kharkov, Russia, of Vasily Nicholas Fomin, to Nicholas Fomin and his wife Lydia. He's better known as bandleader, accordionist, and composer Basil Fomin. He studied music in Russia and was an officer in the White Army before deciding to escape the revolution. On November 14, 1922, he boarded the vessel Constantinople in Greece and arrived in New York on December 8th with two cents in his pocket. On February 6, 1924, he petitioned the Supreme Court of New York County and a bit over four years later, on May 23, 1928, became a naturalized United States citizen. He played in bands led by Meyer Davis and Joe Moss before forming his first group, the International Orchestra which played a variety of dance music from Russia, Europe, and North and South America. Fomin also performed and recorded as an accordionist, and in 1928, covered George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue in an accordion duo with Nick Hope, one of only two recordings of the piece available at the time. The other was Paul Whiteman's with Gershwin himself at the piano. In 1933, he formed the Basil Fomin Orchestra, a society orchestra which opened at the Savoy Plaza and played at the St. Moritz, the Waldorf Astoria, and in hotels in Washington, D.C. The band's theme song was Fomin's composition, Manhattan Gypsy. In 1940, he declared he was tired of New York life and would move to California. At a lavish farewell party with no shortage of vodka, caviar, and champagne, he said, maybe I'll make a great success in California. If not, I'll buy me a filling station and write a symphony. As it turned out, he was a success in California, becoming very popular at Ciro's Club in Hollywood. During World War II, the Basil Fomin Orchestra played in China, Europe, Africa, and India as a USO group, and following the war, they had a long residency at the Copacabana Casino in Rio de Janeiro. Fun fact, among Fomin's belongings found following his death, was a note thanking him for entertaining the boys during the war. It was written on official FBI stationery and was signed Edgar. Fomin invented a musical instrument he called a basophone, which received U.S. patent number 2351497A. It had three keyboards and was a combination piano, harmonium, vibraphone, chimes, and cymbalum. The New York Metropolitan Museum had expressed interest in obtaining a basophone for their collection, but I don't know if they actually have one. 
Basil Fomin died at Community Memorial Hospital in Toms River, New Jersey, on February 28, 1983. Although he had been a U.S. citizen for over half a century, in his later years he longed for his homeland and concentrated on writing Russian liturgical music. He wanted his ashes returned to Russia, but that wish was not fulfilled. He's buried in St. Vladimir's Russian Orthodox Cemetery in Jackson, New Jersey, alongside his mother. Here are three from Basil Fomin.
полным-полна коробушка есть и сицы, и парача. Live today, tomorrow. 
tomorrow never comes If you cheer up, skies will clear up Clouds will pass away Save your sorrow for tomorrow Smile a while today On May 15, 1942, Basil Fomine and his orchestra recorded a four-record album for Decca titled Song Hits of 1925. Each of the eight sides contained a medley of tunes, and we heard side three with Collegiate, written by Mo Jaffe and Nat Bonks, Save Your Sorrow by Al Sherman and Buddy De Silva, and Alabama Bound by De Silva, not brown, but green, Bud Green, and Henderson. The vocal chorus on Decca 24033 was by the unidentified Fomine Trio, although one of the members was probably James Murphy, who soloed on one of the other sides. Before that, the Russian folk song Korobushka, which translates as pack peddler. I don't know what a pack peddler is. Perhaps someone who walks about selling stuff from a backpack. The label of Victor 80478, recorded in Camden, New Jersey, December 13, 1927, credits Ivan Petraka, a pseudonym for David Medoff. David Medoff was a Ukrainian Jew born in 1888 who studied Jewish cantorial music and appeared on the Jewish stage as well as the Ukrainian National Theater. He came to the U.S. in 1914 and recorded scores of records in Yiddish, Russian, and English, between 1916 and 1932. And you'll be hearing some of them next month when Medoff has a birthday segment. Oh, and the reason I played Pack Peddler? Because the accordion accompaniment was played by Basil Fomine. We started our tribute to Basil Fomine with his composition Lola, a polka, played there by the Fomine brothers on August 7, 1928, issued on Victor 81677. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week, January 11th, marked the birth in 1879 in St. Louis, Missouri, of American trumpeter, cornetist, and composer Edward Beach Llewellyn to American trumpeter, cornetist, and composer James D. Llewellyn, and Ellen C. Stocking. He studied cornet with his father, but received more formal musical training in piano, violin, and harmony at Chicago Musical College. In 1893, father and son played together in the orchestra of the first World's Fair, more correctly, the World's Columbian Exposition. Beginning in 1895, Llewellyn the Younger played in Thomas Preston Brooks' Chicago Marine Band, soon becoming solo trumpet. In addition to his musical talents, Llewellyn was quite the athlete. In 1897, he was a novice member of the Woodlawn Cycling Club, 
but won several amateur championship races in meets in Philadelphia. In 1907 and 1908, he was a U.S. national cycling champion and was also an avid golfer and wrestler. Father and son again played together at the Pan American Exposition in Buffalo, New York in 1901. On December 29, 1902, Llewellyn married Josephine Louise Klein in Berrien, Michigan, but had no children. Summer of 1903 found Llewellyn right here on Catalina Island, playing in Brooks Band, but he managed to do some fishing in his spare time. It took him 41 minutes to reel it in, but on August 26th, he caught a record-breaking 425-pound sea bass, and if you receive our weekly playlist email or visit our website, you'll see a photograph of Llewellyn and his fish. That record was very soon surpassed, by the way. On March 3, 1905, Llewellyn enlisted in the United States Marine Corps as a musician first class, stationed in Washington, D.C., where he served until 1906. Beginning in 1907, Llewellyn played in a string of orchestras, including the British Guards Band, the Pittsburgh Symphony, the Rochester Municipal Band, and the Chicago Opera Orchestra, before becoming first trumpet with the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, where he stayed for the next 22 years. Following his stint as a trombonist in Seuss's band, Frank Holton opened up a shop selling used band instruments and his own product, electric oil trombone slide oil. But beginning in 1898, Holton was making his own brand of trombone called the Holton Special. Holton's instruments became highly prized by professional musicians, including Edward Llewellyn, and in 1927 Holton introduced the Llewellyn model trumpet designed by Llewellyn himself. In silver plate, it cost $100, including the case, but other finishes cost as much as $210, quite the sum in 1927. Upon his formal retirement from playing, Llewellyn assumed the duties of personnel manager with the Chicago Symphony. On September 25, 1936, he and his wife were driving to the Texas Centennial Exposition in Dallas, when they were involved in a collision on State Highway 1 near Wicket, Texas, at about 5.15 in the evening. Josephine was critically injured, but Llewellyn died in the crash. He's buried in Forest Home Cemetery in Forest Park, Illinois. Here are three from Edward Llewellyn. Thank you. 
Edward Llewellyn's most famous composition, The Waltz, My Regards, performed there by xylophonist William H. Wrights. He tried it three times on June 13, 1912, without success, but took a break and came back to the studio on July 19th, getting it right on Take 5, issued on Victor 17192. Before that, cornetist Arthur S. Whitcomb showing off his talents on Premier Polka. Not Corrine Testa's 1952 Premier Polka, but Edward Llewellyn's The Premier Polka from Edison Amberol Cylinder 2111, released in August of 1910. Rudy Weedoff got things started with his composition, Llewellyn Waltz, from Paramount 78, number 50026, from around August of 1919. Now, I'm assuming that Weedoff's Llewellyn Waltz was written with Edward Llewellyn in mind, but I could find no definitive evidence of that. I mentioned that Holton Musical Instrument Company had a Llewellyn model trumpet, but they also had a Weedoff model saxophone. I could find no recordings by Llewellyn himself other than perhaps the 1929 recording of Schumann's Symphony No. 1 by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Since Llewellyn was the principal trumpet for the orchestra at the time, I presume he was present for the recording, and I almost played the first movement of the symphony for this segment. But if you're particularly interested, it's available on CD and YouTube. A 1910 advertisement in the weekly illustrated publication Brooklyn Life stated, Upon a wooded bluff, 180 feet above Lake Hoppetkong, and overlooking all its superb loveliness stands the famous Hotel Breslin. With its wide and commodious piazzas and its airy rooms, each with a delightful outlook over hill, forest, and lake. In 1910, automobile owners were beginning to venture out on road trips in their machines, and the Hotel Breslin, seeking to be a destination for these automobilists, pointed out that accommodations were unusually desirable to motoring parties, since the resort was only 45 miles from New York City, and accessible over macadamized roads. Macadamized? To macadamize is to construct or finish a road by compacting into a solid mass a layer of small broken stone on a convex, well-drained roadbed, using a binder such as cement or asphalt. In a word, paved. I don't know if any of the following musical roads are macadamized.
crossroads, life's crossroads, and we must drift apart. Wherever you go, dear, I know, dear, that you'll be in my heart. I'll always come to you no matter how far My thoughts will be with you wherever you are Here at the crossroads, love's crossroads We'll meet someday Some of these days she's gonna be mine Riding on down that road She's the gal that I admire She's gal set my heart on fire To marry her is my desire Riding on down that road Riding on down that road Riding on down that road I'll never be happy till I see home again Riding on down that road Gal is skinny, you bet. Riding on down that road, she wouldn't weigh thirty pounds soaking wet. Riding on down that road, she can crawl through a doughnut and never touch a crust. Stand on a toy balloon and it won't bust. And she's got plenty of in God we trust. Riding on down that road, riding on down that road, riding on down that road. I'll never be happy till I see home again. Riding on down that road. One day last week, Pa lost his nose Riding on down that road While shaving himself, so the story goes Riding on down that road We sent for the doctor to put it back And he got it upside down Now when it rains, he nearly drowns Riding on down that road Riding on down that road Riding on down that road I'll never be happy till I see him again Riding on down that road Funny wedding happened on our street, riding on down that road. A man named Oats married a girl named Wheat, riding on down that road. As they marched down the aisle, you see, the organ played in a minor key. It played What Shall the Harvest Be, riding on down that road, riding on down that road, 
Riding on down that road I'll never be happy till I see him again Riding on down that road Tenors James Melton and Louis James, baritone Elliot Shaw, and bass Wilford Glenn, who were waiting at the end of the road on January 2, 1930. They made three attempts on November 22, 1929, two more on December 2nd, and finally got it to their satisfaction on Take 8, issued on Victor 22270. Waiting at the End of the Road was written by Irving Berlin and is sung by Daniel L. Haynes and the Dixie Jubilee Singers in the 1929 King Vidor picture, Hallelujah. Before that, Jack and Johnny Powell were riding on down that road in Atlanta, Georgia, on November 21, 1929. Johnny Powell wrote Riding On Down That Road and plays steel guitar with Brother Jack on mandolin. 
That was issued on Victor's Hillbilly series, number V-40259. Jack and Johnny Powell made a few records in Atlanta in 1929, but I was able to find nothing at all about them, even in Atlanta newspapers of the time. We started the set with the Dorsey Brothers and their orchestra with Crossroads. The theme song from another King Vidor movie, Show People, starring Marion Davies and William Haynes. It was composed by David Mendoza and William Axt, with the lyrics by Raymond Clogus. OK41151 was recorded November 21, 1928. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. Most everybody knows that the verb to pulverize means to press, crush, beat, or grind something until it becomes powder or a soft mass. Knowing that, you can figure out that the adjective pulveratricious means covered in dust or just dusty. You know, like my house. We've had at least a couple of pulveratricious segments on the show before, but here are a couple of records about pulveratriciousness I haven't played. Here's Frankie Marvin. Working in a hotel, cleaning up the floors. I've nearly got the stiff neck and my knees are getting sore. I got them dustpan blues. I'm through with cleaning floors. I'm gonna pack my grip, take a long, long trip. Never coming back no more. Standing on floor number two, talking to a skirt. She didn't see my dustpan, but I told her all the dirt. I've got them dustpan blue. I'm through with cleaning floors. I'm gonna pack my grip, take a long, long trip, never coming back no more. I'd rather be a locust in some maple tree Than to be crawling round here on my hands and knees I got them dustpan blues I'm through with cleaning floors I'm gonna pack my grip Take a long, long trip Never coming back no more
just go south. Now, honey, if you love me, you'll come and go along. Cause you know I'll always feed you and I'll never treat you wrong. I got them dustpan blues. I'm through with cleaning floors. I'm gonna put on my hat, put on my coat. I'm walking right out through the door. Dust, dust. Dust in the sky, dust on the trail, dust in my eyes, dust, dust, can't see the sun, can't find my way, the dust has won. Cattle and the sheep, bedded down to sleep, seem to realize their fate. Vultures in the sky, know the time is nigh, will they fly away or wait? Oh, Lord, please ease my pain. Oh, Lord, where is your rain and sunshine? Dust, dust, must I be? Can this be eternity? Oh, Lord, have mercy on Dust, dust, dust in the sky, dust on the trail, dust in my eyes, dust, dust, can't see the sun, can't find my way, the dust has won. Cattle and the sheep, bedded down to sleep, seem to realize their fate. Vultures in the sky, know the time is nigh. Will they fly away or wait? Oh, Lord, please ease my pain. Oh, Lord, where is your rain and sunshine? Dust, dust, must I be? Can this be eternity, oh, Lord? Have mercy on for me. Back in 1927, I had a little farm and I called that heaven. Well, the price is up and the rain come down and I hauled my crops all into town. I got the money, bought clothes and groceries, fed the kids and raised the family. Rain quit and the wind got high and a black old dust storm filled the sky and I swapped my farm for a Ford machine and I poured it full of this gas eileen and I started rocking and rolling. Over the mountains, out towards the old peach bowl. <laughs> Way up yonder on a mountain road, I had a hot motor and a heavy load. I was going pretty fast, I wasn't even stopping. I bouncing up and down like popcorn popping, had a breakdown. 
I'm sort of a nervous bust down of some kind. It was a feller there, mechanic feller, said it was engine trouble. Way up yonder on a mountain curve, it's way up yonder in the piney wood, and I give that rolling forward a shove, and I was going to coast as far as I could. Commence coasting, picking up speed, it was a hairpin turn, I didn't make it. Man alive, I'm telling you, the fiddles and the guitars really flew, that Ford took off like a flying squirrel, and it flew halfway around the world. Scattered wives and children's all over the side of that mountain. We got out to the west coast broke, so that gum hungry I thought I'd croak, and I bummed up a spud or two, and my wife fixed up a tater stew. We poured the kids full of it. Mighty thin stew, though, you could read a magazine right through it. Always have figured that if it'd have been just a little bit thinner, some of these here politicians could have seen through it. He's been heard on the show once before as a member of the Almanac Singers, but that's Woody Guthrie's first time on the show as a soloist with Talkin' Dust Bowl Blues, which he wrote and sang, accompanying himself on harmonica and guitar. That's the B-side of Victor 26619, recorded April 26, 1940. We started this dusty segment with Frankie Marvin singing his composition, Dustpan Blues, on September 27, 1929. Unfortunately, I don't know who the cornet player was on Columbia 15518-D. Gene Autry also recorded Dustpan Blues for Columbia a couple of months later in December, but it was issued on several of Columbia's budget labels. And following Frankie Marvin, we heard Gene Autry singing another Dust-related song written by Frankie Marvin titled simply Dust. That was Conqueror 78, number 9427, recorded October 11th, 1937. Dust was heard in the 1938 Republic picture under Western Stars, where it was sung by the King of the Cowboys, Roy Rogers. A few weeks ago, I played the Ducks' Quack and mentioned it was written by Hannibal McGuire. Well, that's sort of true. Hannibal McGuire wasn't a real person, but a pseudonym for Spencer Williams, and he wrote one other tune under that name, played here by Porter's Blue Devils.
what you drive for now. Are you dog? You dirty, 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 dirty dog. You snipping, snapping, yipping, yapping. Are you dog? Calloway and his orchestra, March 14, 1932. A few months earlier, on October 12, 1931, Calloway recorded the song under the title You Dog, D-O-G, released on Perfect, Banner, and a couple of British labels. On the label of this record, Brunswick 6292, the title is Ah You Dog, D-A-W-G. Either way, it was written by Joe Hoover and Cab Calloway. And I played it because we started the set with the one other tune written by Spencer Williams as Hannibal McGuire, Hot Dog, D-A-W-G. That was Porter's Blue Devils on Jeanette 5282, recorded October 15, 1923. Porter's Blue Devils recorded ten sides in four sessions for Jeanette in the second half of 1923, and you'll hear some more of them in an upcoming show. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had even half as much fun as I did, then I had at least twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention.